Great customer experience rules the world of business in our digital age. Expectations are higher than ever. And the companies that deliver? They're on top because they know how to harness the power of artificial intelligence and automation. Want to sharpen your acumen? Then tune in to the CX Experience. Each episode, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in digital. From AI and machine learning to analytics and automation, you'll learn it all. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. I mean, scores, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, it's probably in the millions, truth be told, of people are just walking away from their jobs. Why is that? What does it mean? We're going to talk to a couple of experts today. I'm very excited to have Nicole Nebulous on the line from Verint, a company called Verint that does great work in customer experience, but also employee experience. We'll talk about that today. And Katrina Gazarian is the CEO and founder, I believe, of a company called Game Day HR. Uh, And so she's really trying to revolutionize the whole HR space, which I think is fantastic news, quite frankly. Uh, My history with HR, the first time I heard about what HR is, I was like 15 and I was like, ooh, that does doesn't sound good. I don't think I like the sound of this HR stuff. And uh, lo and behold, I became my own boss. And uh, so when you are the boss, you are the HR department until it gets big enough to hire people. But it's a really important role. I think it's a very important role, just like management is very important. And I recall back in the way back in the 90s, we had a sort of flattening of the organization. A lot of middle management went away for cost-cutting reasons. And I think we lost some of the art of of management, which is really important. But we'll talk about that today in the context of customer and employee experience for the great resignation. The key is to use data, use analysis, use all the tools at your disposal to understand what your business is doing, how it impacts your employees, first of all, of course, and also your customers and your prospects. And uh, those are not really separate things. You can do all of that at once if you have the right strategy and you use information to benefit your organization. And so with that, I'll bring in Nicole Nebulous from Verant. Nicole, tell us a bit about yourself and Verant and how you are working to improve experiences and really help mitigate this great resignation. Thank you very much, Eric. So I, you know, what what makes me unique coming to this is that you know, I've been at Verant for about 16 years and our focus is on customer engagement and employee engagement. But prior to my career at Verant as a uh, consultant from business management, processes, software, and technology, now I do go-to-market strategy, I spent over a decade starting in the mid to early 90s in back office operations. And yeah, I was one of those non-traditional students that yeah, I went right into working in operations at a bank and it was the wire transfer department. So it was uh, a lot of big money, a lot of strong deadlines. And what we found right away there is like, is when it came to vacation times, man, vacation times, I was fighting for those weeks off. Um, And then I moved into the world of consulting and and software, and I didn't work in an office again. And it's Hmm. been been working remotely for 16 years. And so when the pandemic came, it was in in a role where it went from 100% travel to 30% travel. I was used to being at home, and I have I've not looked back. I find it so much more productive. So it's very helpful when we start looking at the great resignation. I mean, there are certain things I appreciate about that flexibility. You know, if I need to have a doctor's appointment, I'm not trying to take time off of work. 
I can just take that break in the middle of the day and and make up my time. You made a couple of really, really interesting points right there. One of which is that when you work from home, when you get that experience, you really have to learn to to train yourself and to be disciplined because you're not in the work environment anymore. You don't have all of these reminders everywhere of who you have to talk to and what you have to do. So you have to discipline yourself. And when you do that, you really get a much greater appreciation for what it means to be part of a team, what it means to take advantage of meetings, for example, that you have scheduled to make sure you get through those bullet points, those whatever they are that you have to cover. So it really puts the onus on you to be more engaged with the people in the office, whether or not you're there or at home, right? Exactly. And that's why we have focused on a lot of employee engagement. Now, using all the automation that we used to use for operational efficiency, it really comes down to is if you can serve the customer better, you can at the same time alleviate the pressure and provide more flexibility to your employees doing the work. You know, Richard Branson is quoted many times about if you have happy employees, if you focus on your employees, everything else falls into place. And that's true. So, I personally, when five o'clock comes and my husband is home, I'm putting dinner on the table. You know, I know it sounds old fashioned, but I love to cook. And having traveled and eaten out in restaurants for seven plus years, eating at home is a great thing. But it's that focus on what's important to me and that work-life balance. And, and that's what I'm seeing, um, you know, is a lot of the reasons for the great resignation. People want to have that flexibility. They mm-hmm. want that balance. It's no longer about all about work, all about work. It's can I do simple things like have an exercise routine? Can I spend time with my parents? Um, being able to be there for, for kids, you know, see them grow up. These things are very meaningful. It's no longer a luxury. It's now a requirement. And I think it's a requirement across multiple generations. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point there. And I love that you brought in the the quote from Richard Branson, because if you have happy, fulfilled employees, well, guess what? That's going to impact how they treat the people who are your customers or your prospects. Mm-hmm. So it really, it improves morale. I'm a big believer that morale is the best, mm-hmm. is the number one metric basically in any business, in any life. When morale is low, bad things happen. When morale is good, good things happen. And people find ways, right? You can pres- you can only prescribe so much in terms of behavior of what you should do in this situation, that situation, et cetera. What you really need to do is empower your employees with the information that they need, with the perspective that they need. For example, how this process compares to other processes or how it is this particular experience would vary from one prospect to another, one customer to another. The more information you can give to your employees that is relevant, that is meaningful, and that is recent, uh, I should throw out there, the better off they're going to be. Right, Nicole? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. The more you communicate to them, the better off that you are. And what you're not telling them, they're making up their own narrative. That's right. So, <laughs> so what narrative do you want them to make up, right? Because they, having worked with many customers, especially when it comes to data and knowing what kind of data managers have and what they can see, they don't necessarily go to the most positive place with that data. So you, you get to talk to them, you have to reassure them, and you have to have empathy. Mm-hmm. That's one of the key words. In a minute here, I'll bring in uh, Katrina as well, but I'll throw another question over to you about 
empathy. You do have to learn this sort of thing, right? You have, you have to be reminded. I think human beings generally understand what that means as long as they've got you know some context around what you mean by empathy. But understanding a someone's situation and, and feeling for them, that's empathy, right? So first you have to understand exactly. the situation, then you have to know what to do. And understanding the situation, there are lots of data points that companies collect these days that they can collect to offer a lot of insight about who these people are. And the more attention companies pay to their prospects and to their customers, the more information the call center a professional has in front of them, the more information the point of sale person, the, the registered person or whatever has, the better off you're going to be able to treat your customers. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky game because there are lots of APIs that need to be managed. There are lots of technical things that have to come into to order to make that happen. But once it happens, that's when you know. And people I've found, employees are always going to be much more eager to help if they have, if they feel they have enough information. Right. Because then they're, they, they take chances. They'll, they'll go out on a limb for the customer, for the prospect, as long as they feel that, that sort of security. And that's on management, right? That's on management. It's on HR to a certain point, right? It is absolutely. And we have to think about, well, what is the employee world like? What, why are they resigning? Um, what's making, what's declining their morale. So you mentioned two interesting points, the point of sale and somebody in the contact center. The unsung heroes of customer experience are the folks in the back office. If they don't have the knowledge, if they don't have the tools they need to execute, that ends up creating a burden back on other parts of the organization. So a number of different analysts have said anywhere between 12 and 17% of the contacts coming into your contact center are because of a challenge, either quality or timeliness in operations. So organizations strategically really need to start looking at that end to end. And it almost becomes a, not just a competitive differentiator, but a way to help everybody in the organization, you know, have more positive experiences versus dealing with negativity. Yeah, that's right. And you really hinted on something very important, which is root cause analysis, mm-hmm. right? There, there, there are virtuous circles. There are vicious circles that organizations mm-hmm. can get into. And you know, if you're in the vicious circle, that's when you got to make some significant change. When you're in a virtuous circle, that's when mm-hmm. you need to understand what is working and why is it working? And let's make sure to kind of learn from these best practices and bake that stuff in. But real quick, last comment I'll throw to you before I bring in um, Katrina here is you also have to watch out for us versus them, right? I've, I've noticed this internally. I've noticed it internally with externals. In other words, you know, people inside the, the organization to people outside the organization, but also people in departments to people in other departments. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out for that us versus them mentality because there's no them. It's only us. And we all have to collaborate somehow to get things done. What do you think about that? I agree with that 100%. You know, Eric, what I see is very siloed organizations and siloed mentality. And mm-hmm. you you can use technology to create consistency and help everybody use the same tools, but you also have to have centers of excellence that then help everybody have very similar conversations. Mm-hmm. If I go from you know your team to Katrina's team, I need to know, even within we report to the same manager, that the conversation about performance, the conversation about metrics, the way my time off decisions are made and my scheduling flexibility, it needs to be consistent mm-hmm. so that I, you know, I'm willing to stay. 
And it isn't about the contact center, say, versus the back office versus a branch. It's us. That's We're right. all working on this together. So finger pointing doesn't get us anywhere. Finger right. pointing doesn't get us to the, to what we need to drive customer experience. And it's one of those very important things. Um, if Varen, every year we produce a study called the Customer Engagement Capacity Gap, and 76% of our respondents said that they believe that their challenges associated with customer engagement and experience is one of those areas that they will be working to do better at over the next 12 months. So I think that this conversation is uh, quite meaningful to what we're discussing today. Okay, good. And let me bring in uh, Katrina Gazarian here from Game Day HR. Uh, I love what you're doing, trying to reinvent HR, trying to make it more empathetic, I'm quite sure, and try to make it where it's more woven into the fabric of the organization. But tell us a bit about yourself and uh, and what you're doing working on this uh, this great resignation dilemma that we're facing. I started Game Day HR about six years ago, um, you know, just for the mere fact that I didn't like HR whatsoever. I didn't like the connotation that came with HR and this I this siloed experience. Um, you couldn't be friends with anybody. You know, essentially HR had become robots over the last few decades. Um, and when you when you can't trust your HR department, you ultimately don't really trust the organization. And so I wanted to really push back on this idea that you can't be your full human self, not just in HR, but within an organization, period. And so, you know, we have taglines like HR sucks, and that's just really to get people to talk about HR in a much different way and and understand like that, hey, I'm HR, I run an HR company, but I also curse sometimes. And I'm also late sometimes, but I really care about every single person in this organization. So it's less about be friends with nobody and more about be friends with everyone. I like and make, that. And make it your responsibility that they're happy and engaged in their position. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's it's much more in line with, let's call it team reality, right? I mean, there's I understand why you have certain protocols in HR, because you want to sort of shepherd the behavior and guide people in a certain direction. But, you know, any rule that becomes too strict or uh, just too silly, I guess, is going to get ignored. And then it's going to get programmatically ignored. And then, you know, you're you're creating a culture of disconnection in a way, it seems to me. But what do you think? I agree. And, you know, I consider myself a contrarian or a challenger, just, you know, by personality. And, I really looked at certain HR rules and did research on them and and really presented the information as such and tried to provide a solution to those things. So we obviously just went through a very nerve-wracking political election, you know, presidential election. And this idea that we can't talk about politics in the workplace, it, it just doesn't, it's not human. And I'm not talking about... We, talking about politics in the sense of here's who you should vote for, but having conversations or at least being able to facilitate conversations. What are you feeling right now? What are your fears if so-and-so wins versus what are your fears if this person wins? And here as an organization, here's what we're going to do regardless. And, you know, just really providing some 
some peace to employees about a topic that is very emotional for a lot of people. And, yeah. and so that was an example where we really wanted to let people know it's okay to share how you feel about certain things. Now, now, can you go and campaign for a candidate? No, but right. we can have certain discussions. The HR department can facilitate those discussions in a meaningful, engaged way. I agree with what Katrina said about values is important. And when you're communicating, you do have to think about what it's like to be in the employee's shoes. So when you're bringing in data, there's desktop analytics is a big thing. And I quite frequently hear that's very big brother-ish. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yet we wear the watches, we have the right. Fitbits, but, you know, <laughs> but when it comes to the workplace, and, and sometimes there is a generational difference, right? right? Does somebody in an authoritarian position make you uncomfortable if you know that much data? So when you as an organization are determining how you're going to have conversations, you really have to get into that intentfully. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of frontline leaders they're in their position because they were really great workers. And that's how I got my first position in management. I was a great worker. If you think about it, the one thing that we never get taught is, is that psychological reaction. And if somebody asks you why, why did you do your work that way? Why were you not on your production system you know, for half of the day? Mm -hmm. that defensive mechanism gets launched right away. So when you're talking about data, it really needs to be a conversation around, hey, here's our goal. Here's what we want to achieve. How can I help you? Or what kind of things do you think you can do to help the team out? It becomes a very different conversation because when you do invoke that why and that defensiveness, that again, with communication, what's going on in that worker's life outside of work? Are they struggling to make ends meet? Right. Do they have a lot of pressure going on? And in the past, it has been, you know, separation of church and state at work. What you do personally does not impact what you do from a work life. And again, as Katrina said, things are changing and we really need to rethink how we're engaging with employees. And I think it goes beyond just the, the walls of the workplace. It goes beyond how can I provide safety? Thank you for listening to this episode of the CX Experience. We hope you learned a thing or two. And check out varange.com for case studies, ebooks, and white papers about the ultimate customer experience.